Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. And I am, uh, I'm pumped you're here. I'm glad that you're here. We've got a great guest for you today. We've got a great show. We've got my buddy Scott Volker of the Amazing Seller podcast and blog. We've had a couple of guests on in the past about the subject of selling on Amazon. And it's a fascinating one. It's one that a lot of people are intrigued by. This is a hot thing of private labeling or white labeling. And Scott and I would get into a little bit more and talk a little bit more about what exactly that means. But if you've ever been intrigued by selling your own goods or products through Amazon, I know nobody better that you could learn from than today's guest, Scott Volker. So Scott has a great story about how he kind of got into this and how he started selling on Amazon. So we spent like a few minutes at the end talking about actual selling on Amazon, but we spent a lot of time just talking about his journey of how he got into what he's doing today. So I think you're really going to dig this. And and we do spend some time at the end talking about selling on Amazon. So you're going to want to make sure you catch that. Hey, two quick notes I want to let you know of on this episode. One, is as you may be, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that we normally do bonus episodes where we stick around for a couple extra minutes and chit chat with someone. And I know that we've changed the way that we do these now where it's a little simpler for you guys to download those. But at the same time, we know that sometimes you're like, I want to hear a couple more minutes, but like it's sometimes it can be a pain to download the extra couple minutes. So Here's what we're going to do for these next few episodes. We're just going to, we're not doing the bonus. We're just going to leave it all in there. It's not cut up at all. So that way you can hear everything without having to download anything extra there. So just trying to make it a little simpler for you, the listener. The second thing I was going to give you a heads up on this episode is that we noticed partway through that on my side of the conversation, it got a little staticky at times. We've done our best to clean that up in the post-production, so you may or may not hear much of it, but uh, it's just on my end. You can't hear it on Scott's end. Scott does 90% of the talking anyway. He's the guest. Why shouldn't he be doing 90% of the talking? So anyway, we just want you to know we're aware of that. Tried to fix it, tried to make it as clean as possible, but oh, the choice of technology. So that is all, my friends. Let's get into it. Here you go. Scott Volker of the Amazing Seller Podcast and blog. Check this out. You're going to enjoy this, my friends. Here you go. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my good buddy, Scott Volker, who is a Amazon stud. He runs this site, this podcast called The Amazing Seller, and just all around good dude. So uh, Scott, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, Grant. And it's been uh, fun meeting you and talking with you and now being on your show. This is really cool. For sure. Like, you know, like sometimes you meet people and you just have that connection. And I remember like you'd emailed me a couple months ago and And then we got on Skype and we talked for a while and we just hit it off and doing a lot of similar stuff in business and share a lot of the same values in life. And so nice to connect with just like-minded people in the world for sure. Yeah, the feeling is mutual. It was funny, you know, when I got off of that first Skype call that we had, I said, I know that him and I could sit around and talk about this for hours. And when you have that, you know, you don't find that that often, but when you do find it, you want to latch onto that. So I appreciate the kind words and being able to reach out to you and hang out with you. Everybody listening right now is like, all right, get on with it, boys. Stop the, stop, <laughs> Enough of the bromance. Stop right? the gushing. Jeez. All right. So theamazingseller.com. First of all, tell us like, what exactly is that? What exactly do you do? What's business look like for you today? Okay. Yeah, cool. 
The Amazing Seller is a podcast that I really started. It's all started from a podcast, and it really is my journey documented on how I started selling on Amazon using private labeling and FBA, which we, we can go into that a little bit later. But that's really the nutshell. I wanted to meet like-minded people. There wasn't enough out there, you know, as far as content goes, as far as podcasts. I'm a podcast listener. I have a lot of uh, daily commutes with my kids. I'm a family guy. I work from home for it because I want to be with them. So I drive them to school, to and from. And when they're not in the car, I'll put on a podcast or an audio book. And I just didn't find that content that was going to help me through, you know, what I was into at that time. So I wanted to create it myself, reach out to like-minded people that were in the space to learn and then also document my journey. And that's what I've been doing. And it's been, I think last February I launched and uh, it's just been amazing being able to meet people like yourself and just other people and then bringing them to an audience that the audience now is learning a ton and then helping people is ultimately what I was after is helping people. It's just, I've been always doing that. I'm at a party. I'm talking about this stuff. If people ask, I'm talking about it. So that's really the nutshell is why it started and kind of like what I'm doing right now. And we can go into my story as far as how I got into that, but that's pretty much the story as far as Amazon FBA. And so FBA and private labeling for people that aren't familiar is basically what? Yeah. uh, FBA is fulfilled by Amazon. So basically you take product that you want to sell you ship it into Amazon. They have people there that pick and pack. And then also they handle all your refunds, all of your customer service, all that stuff. So it's like you have an employee that works for Amazon and they only work for you when you sell something. Interesting. All right. And Amazon is a massive retailer. So just uh, knowing that they are taking care of all this. So basically, if I'm understanding the process correctly, that I have some type of product that I have manufactured generally overseas. And then I'm going to rather than it, them shipping, you know, let's say I order 100 units of it or whatever, instead of them shipping whatever that thing is to me to my house, and I'm responsible for, you know, customer service and fulfillment and shipping and delivery and all that, which just sounds like a headache. It's all actually being shipped to an Amazon warehouse, and then I'm listing the product on Amazon whenever it sells. I'm not really doing anything. Amazon's taking care of it. They are processing the sale. They're shipping it out. They're dealing with customer service. And then any, like basically they're taking a cut of it. They're giving me the difference. And it's kind of just wash, rinse, repeat. Is that right? Yeah, that's totally it in a nutshell. And I mean, eBay, I mean, it all started, you guys all have heard about eBay. I mean, eBay was uh, huge, still is big in its own right, but not to me, not even near what Amazon is and where Amazon is going. Uh, there's over 244 million customers right now, currently probably more as I'm talking right now that are coming into that platform. And uh, you know, with Prime, it makes it so much easier for people to buy stuff. They have credit cards on file. And you're there to do one thing, right, Grant? I mean, you're there to buy something, right? right? So it's an awesome platform. And I really, I come from the digital world the past seven years. That's what I've been doing. And we can kind of get into that. But you know, what really got me interested in this is was it was the closest thing to a digital product yeah. without it being a digital product. It was able to get into the physical product space without having to do all of the heavy lifting, having to store stuff at my house, having to have people pack it and ship it and then handle refunds and all that stuff. So that's what Amazon FBA is. If you want, you can still not ship stuff in and sell stuff and still fulfill it yourself. To me, that's just a lot more work. And yes, they do take a cut. Right, right. So for you, what the amazing seller is, is you've got the podcast, you've got the site, you've got some workshops, some live trainings that you do. And so basically, you're just teaching people, you know, you start doing this a little bit on your own, which we'll get into that a little bit more in a few. But what the amazing seller is, is you're just teaching people how to actually do this, because we really simplified it in just a couple minutes. But there's a lot of moving pieces that go into it of how you actually do this. So that's basically what the business is for you today, correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. And like I said, I went into the podcast not thinking about how I was going to like monetize an audience or any of that stuff. It was really like I just knew that 
I wanted to connect with like-minded people. I knew, and I, I don't know about you, Grant, but when I learn something and I teach it, I learn it even better, yeah. right? And it, that just helps me, and I've always been that way. I mean, I come all the way back from years ago when I worked for my father in the construction business. I learned by watching and by asking questions and then applying and then teaching the next guy that I had to train to do my job. So that's how I learn the best, and that's how – so it's, it's really it's, – it's beneficial to the listener and to myself, and I just – I mean – just a little side note here, Grant, and you might not even know this, but I was in a rock band when I was 17. Whoa. I like being on stage, man. Okay. And I know you're a speaking guy, so we're going to have to talk. So, yeah, I was... Uh, oh, hang on. The speaking is very different than being no, no, in a no, rock no, band. But I'm saying I, I like being on the stage, so I'm no stranger to that. I'm not, right. you know, some, some people public speaking kind of... My wife would not want to public speak. Yeah, same Like, here. totally not. You know, like, cringe, eh, no way. So for her to do a podcast, that would be like, no way. Yeah. Me personally, I don't mind this. I love it. That's how I can communicate, and I'm a terrible typer. So it's a way for me to actually get out there and connect with people, and it's just the way that I communicate easier. Yeah. Makes total sense. So it sounds like for you, the part of the reason that you started the amazing seller, the podcast, the brand, and, and what all you have going on there is a, like just to scratch your own itch yep. because you knew that there was really nothing out there. You're getting into FBA and selling some of your own products, but there's really nothing that really talks about this, especially podcasts. But then also knowing that if you really want to dial it in and hone it yourself, that one of the best ways to do that is to teach it and it really kind of ingrains it in yourself. Yeah, totally. And then to build a community, you know, I created a little mastermind with some people that I were seeing in Facebook groups and all that stuff. And a lot of people ask, well, how did you start that podcast? I started it by going into Facebook groups and being active in there before I even thought about doing a podcast and then them asking me questions, sharing. And then I just asked those people if they thought that I should start a podcast. And then they all like hundred people said yes, like within like a couple of hours. So I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. I should do this. So it was really of me just connecting with other people that were doing it and then sharing that and then being able to help, but then also reach other people to bring in to want to be on that platform. Because we both know if you have a platform that has people that have listeners, a lot of people want to be on that platform, especially if they have something that could either offer them you know, something as a product or something that they just want people to know because they're just passionate about this business. Right, right. Cool. Let's go back in time a little bit. So I know you're in upstate New York now, correct? Currently. Currently <laughs> you and I now. talked yeah. For now, I actually, we're going to be moving to South Carolina. But yes, I am originally from here and upstate New York, uh, right around, well, it's the Albany area, but I always tell people, and you have to say upstate when you're in New York because a lot of people think I live like in the Bronx or something and, and nothing wrong with the Bronx. I go there to watch the Yankees, but no, I'm in upstate New York near Saratoga Springs, uh, Lake George area. So did you, it's. Uh, uh, did you grow up there? Yeah, I did. I actually grew up where I'm living now. I just currently moved here about two and a half years ago. And I'm, right now, I, I live probably about 10 or 12 minutes from where I grew up. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So growing up, all right. So first of all, let's, I guess we can't bypass the rock band. That was the 17 year old phase. <laughs> that was the 17 year old phase, the long hair. Yeah. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, an eighties kid. So yeah, I was into the, uh, the whole eighties metal scene. So, nice. uh, all right. So was that like, was that the hope or is this, that, that this is going <laughs> to turn into something or is this just kind of like, ah, just a fun little teenage phase? No, I actually thought maybe we could do something. And that was just being a naive kid, but I had a blast doing it. It's funny, I just found a bunch of old tapes, literally, you know, cassette tapes the other day, and I put them in. I hadn't listened to them for like 19 years, and they were funny. But yeah, we had a lot of fun. But yeah, it just, I just, I've always liked to be in, not necessarily like crowds of people, but I liked to be in my zone, I guess is what you would say. So I just, and I just enjoyed guitar. I still play guitar, but I mean, I enjoyed it. So, you know, I just being part of a group was kind of fun, you know? Right, right. 
Interesting. All right. So you got from the rock band phase. Is that when you got into uh, construction with your dad? Yeah, actually, I did. Well, I worked a couple other little jobs, which I thought that uh, were going to pan out. And just to let people know, too, I never went to college. I never attended one year. I didn't have a father or mother that pushed me to go to college. Looking back, I kind of wish they did. But now I kind of wish they didn't because I'm like, well, if they did, where would my career be now? Would I have been ingrained a certain way? So I'm kind of torn a little bit with that. But yeah, so I quickly, uh, I think I was 19 when I started working for my father, maybe 18. And then uh, I just started learning the craft and the trade of being in the construction business. And then we grew his business to over a million dollar business. And then from there, uh, things happened with partnerships and we got out of that. And then I started a photography business with my wife, who my wife wanted to do that. And I was just working 80 hours a week. And at the time, I only had one kid. I have three now. So I was never seeing my kid. And I got frustrated with that. And, you know, I was the breadwinner. So I was, you know, always gone. And I did that for uh, almost eight or nine years straight and getting up in the morning and then going to work. And mind you, in the process of all that thing, I built a house as well on the side to where uh, I think it was 11 months I built my own house. So tell me about that transition from going from construction into photography, because I think like on paper, just hearing that it's like, man, those are two very different worlds. So as as the construction business is starting to wind up and it sounds like with partnerships starting to go, maybe go downhill or whatever, the writing's on the wall that are you starting to look for other options? Are you starting to look for other like construction options or how did the photography thing kind of come to play? Well, I remember myself sitting in a chair at the time. We had a little office area and I was sitting in the chair. I had my work clothes on. I mean, my clothes always had like caulking on the pants. And, you know, I used to wear the the blue dickies. If people can envision that, you know, had my work shirt on and, you know, and I was construction worker, you know, but I was a respectable one. A lot of construction workers out there, just no offense to the ones that are good, but there's some shady stuff going on. So, you know, we had a really good outfit, but I was just spent. I was burnt. I was pretty much at the max I was going to make there. So I was starting to think to myself, I need to do something where I'm not using my hands, but I know nothing else. I have no schooling. I have none of that. What am I going to do? And my wife was always getting compliments on her photography with just a point and shoot camera. So we just decided one day or she did and came and said to me, you know, what do you think about me starting this on the side? And I can relieve some hours from you and maybe get you home to where you're only working 40 hours a week. And we started that on the side. And then from starting on the side, I knew nothing about photography. She knew very little. So we self-taught through books at the time. We didn't have really the internet much. It was just kind of starting. They didn't have a lot on YouTube about photography or any of that stuff. So we had to read a lot of books. And I was more of a technical guy. I was learning about the lighting. I was learning about the camera settings and all of that stuff. And she was learning more about the composition and all of that. So she was the photographer per se. I was more of a digital guy in Photoshop and all that stuff. And I remember Photoshop when I first got into that. I mean, there was a book. It was literally the Bible. It was like probably about six inches thick. And I read through that thing every single night. So yeah, self-taught. We built that business to where it got to the point where she was like, we need to make a decision here. You either got to leave your job or we have to turn people away and start you know, pushing people out because we were that busy. And we made the decision. I'll never forget. It was November. And uh, it was in November. I forget the year now though, but it was a November and uh, just before the holidays because that's when we were getting busy for photography. And then we did it. I pulled the switch and it was scary as heck. And we did it and I never looked back. And I always had that backup though, Grant, that I said to myself, if this doesn't work, I can always go out and start putting addition on for someone or I could do a deck or I could do a roof or I could do siding. I always had that to fall back on. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much the transition. We built that into a six-figure business, a very, very well-reputable photography home studio that I built because I was in the construction business. I built a home studio with an office and a viewing area and all of that that stuff. And we built that to a pretty successful little business that was not the most high end, but it wasn't the Walmart. It was like, you know, the middle of the road and people loved that. 
And we just built rapport through our customers and customers came back and every single Christmas, we would make enough money in the Christmas season to not have to work three months after Christmas. We didn't want to anyway, cause it was so busy, but yeah, so we built that up to that point. But then getting into the next part of this thing is we started thinking we had our third child coming. Now we were starting to get so busy that our weekends were getting filled. Our evenings were getting filled. Now I was almost in the same situation I was before. Interesting. I want to come back to that, but let's go back. So while you're doing both, you're doing construction and photography, mm. how long are you in that phase before you actually quit the construction gig? Probably about 18 months. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to give people perspective. It's not like, you know, we start taking a couple pictures here on a Friday and a couple people like it. And on Monday I quit the job. I mean, this is for a year and a half, you are yeah. doing both. You're doing, yeah. you know, you're working just to make ends meet. I know that was actually the identical story for me on speaking was I was working a couple different, just odd jobs just to like pay bills while trying to build the speaking thing. So, and it took me about 18 months before I could quit my job and do it full time. But for a while, you're just doing double duty. Like you said, you get to kind of this breaking point of I'm doing construction all day. I come home and then I'm doing photography and I'm just putting in a ton of hours just building something that may or may not work. So in those 18 months, were there moments, were there times where you're like, like maybe this photography thing isn't going to work. Like it's a heck of a lot simpler just to, even if I don't like it, just to go in, punch the clock and do construction. Were there ever doubts that the photography thing was going to work? Yeah, there was definitely doubts. And especially in the beginning, it's the self-doubt, right? It's the doubt of, you know, who are we, right? We don't have a degree in photography, right? But what there was other people in our area at the time that we seen that were doing it that weren't doing that really good of a job from our eye. I mean, they were, the business side wasn't really that good. And, and cause I've always been business orientated. I mean, just going back even to my father's business, I always had great ideas. They didn't really get implemented cause he had a partner and the partner didn't want the new school type of thoughts. And nowadays, oh my gosh, I could have blew that business up so much more with all of the tools that we have now. Right. But you know, so that was, you know, really, yes, I did have doubts that that wasn't going to work. And it was much easier for me to just, cause I had side deals coming in all the time. Like I would be at a job working for my father and then, I'd have a guy saying, hey, do you do anything on the side? I'd be like, yeah. And he's like, uh, I need a deck put on. Well, I could put a deck on in a weekend for like six grand, yeah. right? And I might make three, you know? So I would do that, but I'd spend all weekend doing that, right? I mean, 12-hour days, you yeah. know? So yeah, it was easier to do that, but it was more work on my body and I was away from my family. So yes, I still had those doubts with the photography because at first, obviously, you put your first ad out there in a local paper and you know, how do you get your name out there? And then once we started getting the word of mouth, that's when I started to see that we're onto something. Gotcha. That's when I started to get excited because I'm like, man, people are coming back to us for this and they're loving it. And they're not just coming back for the pictures, they're coming back for us for the experience. Interesting. All right. So you, mm -hmm. it takes you about 18 months to build that up to the point where you can leave the construction business. So then you're doing photography. How long are you doing that before you kind of get to the next plateau and the next breaking point you kind of alluded to? Probably about another seven years. So what happened in that seven years? So business is just exploding, just taking off? It was slowly going after I quit my job. That was the first, and I quit just before the busy season. Like for us, like November and then on was busy. Like we were just, you know, family pictures, you can imagine. People are all getting their family pictures taken. So that's when we figured we could capitalize on that time reserve some cash for after if it doesn't go, and then we can figure out the next step. And that's kind of what we did. And then we started to branch out and start to do, we never did really many weddings. We didn't want to get into that market. We really niched ourselves down to like baby photography, newborn photography, family photography. We would do senior photography, all of that stuff. So we started to really 
kind of branch out in these other niches to try to bring in people throughout the year more steady. And we did get to that point. But, you know, over those seven years, we built it to where we were more steady and we were comfortable. But in order, again, to grow, we needed to put more time in. We needed to take up more spots in the evening or we needed to take more spots, you know, on the weekends. Or maybe we had to do a Sunday when normally we only did a half a day on Sunday in the busy season. So those things started to come in. And then our third child was born. And then we seen that this just was going to be really, really hard to manage this and be able to still grow and do things that we wanted to do more traveling and just, you know, living a little bit more comfortably, even though we were doing well, we were still not living where we wanted to. So what do you do at that point where you get there and you're like, you know, we wanted to build a photography business and we did it. And now it's like you get to the top of the mountain and realize, crap, we're at the top, but it's, I don't know that it's what I want to do, you know, or it's it's what I want to, where I want to be. So what do you do at that point? Okay, cool. And I got to back up just one little spot because during that seven years too, I'm an entrepreneur. So I've always got these other little things going on, right? So I'm thinking to myself, how can I bring in a little bit extra money without me actually having to do much? And we were also sending our kids to private school. So that's kind of expensive. So we're like, what can we do to generate an extra couple grand once? So that way there we can just put them through school and not have to worry about it. Because at the time it was like, you know, elementary school at the school we were going was like 2,500 bucks or something. So we're like, okay, we'll send them there. And then, uh, and which is kind of cheap nowadays, is like 10 grand or even more. But anyway, so I started dabbling on eBay. I started selling like physical products on there, like just one-off things, right? I'd have something that I wasn't using anymore. I'd put it up there or I would, uh, you know, find something maybe at a garage sale and I'd find it and I'd sell it. My father was kind of dabbling in that. He's had a book that he found that was a Ronald Reagan book and he sold the thing, bought it for a quarter, sold it for 250 bucks. I'm like, holy (laughs) crap, there's money actually like being transferred online. I didn't know anything this. And the other thing I should say, my father would bust my chops all the time. I was always griping about people being on the computer. I was like, why the heck would someone be spending all that time on a computer? This is going back when computers were just starting <laughs> right. to get in. Like who would spend hours on end on the computer? Like my father was kind of the first one into the computer scene in our family. And I'm like, it's just a waste of time, right? right? right. <laughs> I get a computer, I'm in it for the photography. So my father, he'll never let me live that down. And now I'm just entrenched in it. So right. Anyway, so I started to really see that there was money being transferred online. So it was a light bulb for me. It was a light bulb moment for me. And then uh, another little funny story is my wife shopped at the Christmas tree shop a lot. And there's a, I don't know if that's around you, but it's like a, a lot of women love that shop. It's like just like a big store for like all these crafty things and all these home things. And they had these little cedar bridges that they would be for like the garden. They were like four foot little bridges. And I seen that they were selling on eBay for like 140 bucks. They were in there for like 25 bucks. <laughs> so we bought like $2,000 worth of these bridges. <laughs> I brought them home. We listed them. We sold them all. Made my money for the tuition for the year. We were pumped, right? right. But then all of a sudden people started coming on the scene and they started pushing the price down and that whole thing. But it taught me that there was money being transferred online. So then I just started researching on how I could make money online at the time. And then I started hearing people talking about this thing, this information marketing thing. Right, right. And then that's where I'm like, aha, I could teach people how we started a husband and wife team without any experience in photography, how we built our business locally and how we grew it to be a six-figure business. So it's one thing to see that, okay, information marketing and information businesses online is starting to become more of a thing. It's another thing to connect the dots and say, I could teach people what we're already doing. Were you getting enough questions that had immediately brought the light bulb to you? Or is it just kind of like, nobody would really ask, but I kind of wonder if people would be interested in learning how we've built this. So how did that kind of come to be? Well, okay. I got a funny grant because when I go through the story, I'm starting to pick up other things that happened that I didn't even realize happened. So the other thing- That's what we do, man. We bring out the goodness. You're starting to bring stuff out of the ashes, man. (laughs) So uh, I was 
actually I was starting to, cause I seen all of a sudden that you could make money on eBay. So I'm like, okay, what else can I put on eBay that I could do that I wouldn't have to keep finding the new product? Kind of like private labeling, right? Now that I think back at it, it's crazy how interesting this is to go back there. But I seen that people were buying digital templates for Photoshop. Gotcha. So now I started making these digital templates that we were using in our business and I was putting them on a DVD and I was selling them on eBay for like 29 bucks. Okay. okay. They were selling. Okay. So now all of a sudden I said, okay, there's a market for that. But there's also, I was getting people that said, how do you use these? Or how do you take a better picture of this? Or how do you do this? So I'm like, okay, questions are starting to come from eBay people about photography stuff. And now I'm like, hmm, maybe I can go ahead and teach people how to do this. And then people started asking questions about how did you start a business and stuff. So that kind of started. And then my first thing to really validate if that was going to be the right thing to do is I went to YouTube. I posted a video, which is, was a terrible video, by the way. And it was just a video of me talking about how my wife and I started a business from nothing, how we didn't have any formal training. And I'm thinking about making more videos like this. If you want to receive more videos like this or more topics, let me know what you want me to create them about. And I'll do that. And I had like a hundred people ask questions in like a matter of like a week. Really? And I'm like, man, we might be onto something. So how do you go from just selling like some DVDs online of just some Photoshop templates to going like, okay, let's actually teach people how to do this. And again, even just having a YouTube video and having some people interested, it's kind of like, or something, especially something like that. Like I see an opportunity here that people are interested in what it is that I do, but like how you actually make that a thing and like make a living from that. How do you begin to take some of those steps in that direction? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, the first thing was going to YouTube and then doing that video, getting that information coming back. Then from there, just really then pumping out content. I was pumping out videos on YouTube. I was starting to build an email list from that because I was obviously I was researching what to do to build a little product and then sell that little product, either if it was an ebook or a course or any of that stuff. And then that's where I started building a little email list. And I built an email list of just about a thousand people, probably in about six months, maybe eight months. Okay. And then I started communicating with those people. I started writing to those people and then they started writing back and I started getting this feedback. And then I started hearing about like, you know, uh, Jeff Walker with uh, product launch formula. I started hearing about this stuff and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder how this works. And then I started to go down that path. And then that's where I did my first launch of my digital product. And that's where the game has changed for me gotcha. from that point on. So you launched that uh, to teach people about the photography business. How does that go? Yeah. You mean as far as the product itself? Yeah, just the launch itself, promoting oh, it yeah. out. And yeah. is it selling? Are people buying it? Are you feeling like, okay, we've got something. Like, this is it. Like, this is the next thing. Or is it crickets? Or what's kind of the response? Yeah, no. Okay, so what I did is I told people that I was uh, thinking about doing a class or a course. And I told them that I was going to be teaching people every single thing that we did from start to finish to where we got our business up and running. And I had no idea what I was going to charge at the time. But then they said, yeah, they would want something like that. At least they said they would. I didn't have them pay for it, which I would do now. But I did that. I built the course, which I wouldn't do that this way either. I would always validate first and then do it. But anyway, so I went ahead and I built the course. I think I did it in about maybe a week, week and a half. Just a really, just some PowerPoint videos, walking people through the stuff, maybe doing some, you know, videos of me actually screen flowing and Photoshop, all of that stuff. And then I told people I was going to be launching something. And then I told them it was going to be launching on a certain date. I was going to try the whole product launch thing. 
And I did that. I said, three o'clock, it's going to go live. You know, the whole thing built it up over a matter of like a week and a half of up to about a thousand people on an email list. And another little side story here, I was taking my kids bowling that day because I was the bowling guy, you know, after school for these (laughs) elementary kids. Right. And I didn't realize that three o'clock that day that my thing was going live. I forgot. So I had to have my wife take and it was FTP at the time where I had to have there were two files I had up. I said, you need to change this name to this name and then it'll go live. And she was all nervous. I was nervous. So she calls me at literally 3.05. It went live at 3. At 3.05, she says, oh my gosh, Scott, there's like $5,000 in our PayPal account. I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on. And she's like, hold on a minute. She what were you selling it for? We were selling it for, I think the launch price was like 147 Okay. All right. That's a lot of sales to get to 5000 Yeah. And it was like, boom. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I was sweating. I was like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it that it was working, you know? And then she refreshed it again. She literally was on the phone with me for probably about 10 minutes, still refreshing. I think I, before I got a phone with her, we were up over like seven or eight grand. That's crazy. And that finished out at about, I think about 13 grand. I think I opened it for two days. Wow. That's crazy. So is it immediately like, okay, this is it. Are you wanting to then like completely get out of photography and just go all in on this? Or how do you see it kind of fitting into the business going forward? Well, I didn't know if it was going to be a one-off thing. Obviously, like the skeptic in me was like, okay, it worked once, but it's not going to work again. Right. So now I need to do is keep building the list, you know, keep giving out good content to everyone, you know, and build that list and then try it again in another two or three months. And I did that and I tripled my sales. Triple. So at this point, it's like, okay, this is it. This is where we're going. This is the next several steps. Is that kind of what the thought was from there? That is the thought. But the other thought was my wife and still we loved our photography business. We didn't hate doing that. We just didn't want to work it as much. Yeah. So that's where we were able to then say, okay, we're only going to do a select number of people. And the crazy thing is that even made our business locally go even bigger because we had a waiting list now. Now we would say we only have this many spots again. And it happened not even by, you know, we didn't do that by design. It just happened right. that we told people, you know, we're only going to take, you know, 75 or a hundred, you know, people this season and boom, we filled up and we had a waiting list and we could have made a ton more money. But now then it comes to the stage we're doing that for probably, we did that hybrid type thing for probably almost two years. Gotcha. And then from there, that's when I said to my wife, I'm like, if we're going to make this other thing work, we really got to really start weaning everything out on that. And we got to go towards this. And we did. And that's what we've been doing. And I still run that business uh, kind of where I don't teach people necessarily anymore how to start a business from scratch. By being in that business again, I learned what people wanted. They wanted more lessons on Photoshop and they wanted more template type stuff. So that's where I started to tailor my teachings and stuff more towards that side of the photography space. As of today, are you still doing any actual photography? Well, very, very little. I mean, my wife only does it for like people that she knows or that she's built relationships through from in the past. Like she's done a a newborn session not too long ago. She loves that. It's like, that's her high. Like she just loves doing like newborn photography. But at this point, like you're doing it because you want to, not because you have to. No, no, no. She doesn't have to do that. So at what point, here's what we're going to do. We would normally start to wrap up at this point and start to transition and do uh, more of like a bonus type thing that a lot of people are familiar with. But here's what we're going to do. I'm feeling good today. We're not doing the bonus. We're throwing this all into one package here. So we're going to make it simple for people. So let's keep cruising on. Let's transition a little bit into the FBA. Like how did the Amazon piece come in? Because you're like, you got the photography thing. It's working. You're selling information. You're selling DVDs on eBay. Everything's cooking along. So how did the Amazon piece come into play? Well, okay. So things are cruising along, like you said. And what really happened there was, again, being an entrepreneur, I'm always thinking about, you know, ways that I can either 
broaden out my revenue streams because obviously I want to make sure that I'm secure in the future and all that stuff. I mean, real estate, I've dabbled in that, all that. So I started hearing this whole thing about selling on Amazon and I knew Amazon was a big channel, but I started hearing people talk about, you know, FBA doing this thing called retail arbitrage, which you may or may not have heard of, but that's where you actually take product that you either have yourself or that you go into, let's say like a drugstore or you go into a Walmart and they have a closeout. You would go and buy all of their remaining stuff, like 75, 80%, 90% off stuff. And then you would just relist it on Amazon underneath that manufacturer or underneath that brand. And then you would sell that inventory and then you would make money. The problem with that, that I didn't like about that was that I'm competing with other people that are doing that exact same thing. And they're on the same listing. So if you sell, let's just say a Mattel toy, right? And you're selling it on Mattel's listing, but you're also, you have maybe 10 other people that are doing retail arbitrage that are doing the same exact thing. So now you're sharing what they call as the buy box. And now you're competing on price because now price is going to win the buy box. Right. So I didn't like that model. I tried it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I went into like a CVS or a Rite Aid or Walgreens. They have a little scanner on your phone you can download. And I scanned the products and I started going through this thing to try to find if there was any products that I thought could sell. And I literally said, this is way too much work. Like, I can't do this. I'm a digital marketing kind of guy. I got to find something I can just replicate. And then that's where I started hearing about private labeling and then FBA. And then that's where it all kind of made sense. The light bulb went on. I said, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I've got all the know-how as far as like online type stuff, but it's different on the Amazon space. So let me just dig in and see if I can find some information. Now, there was some bigger courses out there going on. I wasn't interested in that. So I really just kind of duct tape things together, really. I mean, I just went out there. I picked different ideas, different techniques. Ryan Moran, uh, which you've had on your show before, I've had him on mine as well. But he's someone that was talking about it, so I was listening to him. But that's where it kind of came into where I wasn't getting a lot of information out there on podcast. But then I just, I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give this thing a shot. It seems pretty simple. I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. I did, and I went, and I mean, just to fast forward, I did that, and in my first I think it was my first 90 days uh, brought in over 40K in revenue. Was that whole thing just like mind-boggling to you to do that? I mean, I know you talk about that, of doing you know, pay or so in 90 days is just crazy, you know? So is it like, okay, Eureka, I found it, like this is it, or what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, it was a little mind blowing because, you know, I've done other little things too. I mean, I've done like building like little niche sites and trying to get them up and running. So it was kind of like a passive income type thing, right? Yeah. Kind of like, you know, Pat Flynn teaches, you know, it's kind of like you get a niche, you put up a little niche site, you get some traffic to it, you can have some affiliate offers on there and you can walk away from it. It kind of maintains itself. So I've always been kind of dabbling in that. So when this happened, it was like, I don't have to wait eight months for me to get indexed into Google and start getting search traffic. It's like, I put a product up there within like a day. I can have traffic to it, like right. literally, like that quick. Now, it's becoming a little bit more difficult. You got to be a little bit more savvy. You, you have to, you know, there's definitely techniques and stuff, but it really is that easy to basically do the research, which always comes down to research, do the research, find a product that people are already buying, don't guess, and then from there, list a product, do some promotional stuff behind it, very, very minimal stuff, use their Amazon pay-per-click, which is internally, which is amazing, and then you're off to the races, you know, and then, then just start, you know, selling that product. Now, the only downfall with it is you need some money to invest, right? It's inventory. You're buying product. You're not putting together a digital product. You're putting together an actual inventory of product, you know, and I think my first run was like, I spent like five grand on product. Yeah. Interesting. So let's kind of wrap up with this. It's, I think this is always one of the interesting things about whenever we have people on the show is people just have such a unique journey. I mean, I'm kind of looking back here and you've gone from rock band to construction <laughs> to photography, to Amazon. I mean, these are all 
very unrelated things. Yeah. And I think that's just helpful for people to hear because sometimes we feel like it's easy to like look down the road and be like, I don't know how you know, I'm going to do this one thing that I'm in for the rest of my life. It's like, you don't necessarily have to. You know, you can go from rock band to construction to photography to Amazon, and they may be totally different markets, and that's okay. So I like that about your story. The other thing I really like about what you've done is it seems like you've really, like, dialed something in, and then you teach that to other people. So photography. So I'm, we're going to do this. I'm going to learn it myself. We're going to get really good at it. We're going to build a business. And now let's teach other people about it. And you're doing the same thing today with Amazon FBA. Of You're doing it yourself. You're figuring it out, learning what works, what doesn't work, saving people time, cutting out of the guesswork, and then going and teaching people about that. So I think that's such a great business for anybody of... It's easy, especially in the internet world and the online world, to want to skip to just teaching the part. But mm. for you, like you've done it. You were in the trenches for you know seven years or so with the photography stuff. And so you really know what works, and it gives you a lot of credibility to turn around and teach it rather than just, I'm just teaching some theories about what I think might work with a photography business if you've never done it. But like in your case, you've done it. You're doing it with Amazon FBA. So it makes it really, really good to then turn around and teach. So that's one of the things I really like about your story. Yeah, you know, and I just have to also say that, you know, for me personally, ethically, I couldn't teach something that I hadn't done and that I didn't have experience with because I just would not feel, you know, right about that, right? I couldn't sleep at night doing that. So, you know, if that was the case, I just wouldn't want to do that. It's like, to me, yes, you need to make a living and you want to do things that you're into because if you're doing something, it's so much easier to teach what you're doing and you can share the ups and the downs. And that's what, you, you know, you'll notice about me too is, you know, if I have a bad month, I'll tell you I had a bad month and why I think it was a bad month and what I'm going to do about it to try to make it a better month, right? Right, right? So it's all about being transparent. And that's, I think, I mean, look at Pat Flynn, right? I mean, it's all about being transparent with him. That's what's kind of built, you know, his businesses to being transparent. And so many people aren't willing to do that. They want to, you know, make sure everything is perfect. Look at Gary Vaynerchuk, same thing, totally transparent. So it's like, I've just learned from watching those guys is just being transparent and then going in and teaching what you have done, learn something, teach it. Right. Learn something, teach it. But you can't go out there. So many people want to go out there, start a podcast, and start monetizing it tomorrow. Yeah. It just it doesn't work that way. Yep. Right? Sure. The relationships are so important and the rapport and just, you know, again, helping people first and then, you know, figuring out what the next move is as far as how you can get compensated. And people will want to pay you for it. They will want to. Excellent. So we haven't even talked about or touched on the FBA stuff itself on how you would actually do that. So let's make it simple for people because you could go on a lot on this and we can't even begin to scratch the surface. You've got some amazing, amazing free tools and resources on this. So if people are like, okay, I'm intrigued in this FBA stuff. Tell me more. Tell me about the podcast. Tell me about, you've got some workshops that you do. Where can we find out more about this? Yeah, I'll make it real simple. There's two places. There's the blog that has all of my podcasts on it. So this really can just go to theamazingseller.com. And everything will be listed there. You can even ask me a question there. I have a little voicemail, a little button there. You can ask me a question. I do a show every Friday that answers the listeners' questions. I answer about four a week. And then I also do a live workshop. Right now, I'm doing them weekly. I'm not sure I'm going to continue always doing them weekly. But right now, I am doing them weekly. And you can go register for one of those at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. That's Excellent. it. Excellent. Very good. Well, Scott, thanks for the time, buddy. We'll link up to that into the show notes. Appreciate you sharing your story and journey with us. Yeah, no problem, Grant. It's been awesome, and I appreciate uh, you having me on the show. 
All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with Scott Volker of The Amazing Seller. Definitely check out his podcast and his blog, his site, and uh, what he's up to there. Really interesting stuff, especially if you're interested in selling through Amazon, Amazon FBA, private labeling, white labeling, all those different terms that speak about the same thing, basically. But he is the guy on that and is really making a killing doing that now. So uh, definitely check out what he's up to. Again, over at The Amazing Seller Podcast. We'll be sure and link up to that in the show notes. But uh, listen, if you're listening to the podcast already, just go over and look up The Amazing Seller. You can do that. And that'll make life simple for you. All right, my friends, I think that wraps up today's episode. Boys and girls, we will catch you next week. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.